Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Rejected. Nothing personal. Word of the day for Friday, January 21st, 2022. Rejected. Major League Baseball rejected Stuart Sternberg, the owner of the Tampa Bay Rays, from that cockamamie split city plan that was never even a possibility. And it became the story of the day in baseball, but everyone got it wrong. Stuart Sternberg has spent two and a half years trying to convince you that a split city plan playing the beginning of the season in Tampa, playing the end of the season in Montreal, two stadiums, two cities, was brilliant. The epiphany of a lifetime. It's like uh, discovering electricity. E equals MC squared. It was a mind-blowing. We are going to do the impossible and take two markets that suck and we're going to combine them to make one great team. I have spent endless hours on the radio doing shows on CBS Sports HQ on Nothing Personal from the beginning trying to tell all of you that there was no chance this was going to happen. And I gave you myriad reasons why, starting with having two sales forces, starting with having two TV deals, starting with building two stadiums, uh, and ending with there is zero chance the players were ever going to approve it, ever. And in order to have a split city plan, you needed the players' union to agree. And they were never going to agree. Do you know why? Because Florida has no state tax. Playing in Canada has taxes galore. You'd need a house in Canada. You'd need a house in, in Tampa. You'd have to move your family in the middle. You'd have to have two sets of clubhouse guys, two, to, two sets of everything. It was just never going to happen. Stuart Sternberg takes the microphone, maybe a year ago, not even, and said, listen to me now and hear me later. There is only one possibility for the Tampa Bay Rays franchise, and that is this split city solution. He paraded around Stephen Bronfman, the son of the former owner of the Montreal Expos, Charles Bronfman. Stephen Bronfman, our partner with the Expos, when Jeffrey Loria bought the Expos in 1999, Stephen Bronfman, the same bloke who could have bought the Montreal Expos, in 1999 for 12 million US. That's like just a few six packs of Seagram's, folks. He wanted no part of it back then. Now he's walking around, going to World Series games, 
Tampa Bay is putting up. Do you remember they were going to put up a sign during the World Series about how excited they were to become the Tampa Real or Montrampa? And then they changed their mind. Just go back and listen to some old episodes and you'll see that the way we got to today was obvious from day one. So Steve Bronfman now isn't going to get a team in Montreal. But I don't want to talk about any of that. I want to talk about why it happened yesterday. And then we're going to talk about what he said, which every single word was straight horse hockey. But why yesterday? Didn't anyone think of that? Why did Stuart Sternberg hold a press conference at 1 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, January 20th and announce how despondent he was? I am distraught. Major League Baseball totally screwed me. They rejected our sister city plan. We then come to find out the executive council which made a big announcement. Remember the executive councils, like eight owners, and it rotates. It's got big market owners, medium market owners, small market owners. They're all together. They're on this council that's like the board of directors of Major League Baseball. It's just call it eight owners out of the 30. Eight owners meet with the commissioner during owners' meetings, and they have conference calls in between owners' meetings. And things get approved or not approved by the executive council, and that doesn't mean a thing. Just as a small FYI, with all the bull hockey, I was I wanted to say bullshit so badly, Coca, and then I was going to say horse hockey, and I ended up mixing them up. So just wipe it. Two, six, nine. With all of the crap that is spewed by baseball and by Stu Sternberg, this was a good one. The executive council rejected our plan. Well, guess what? They don't have that power. Just as a little side note, If you want to move your team or have a sister city plan, all you have to do is get it put on an agenda. You can try to get unanimous consent and get it on the next owner's meeting, or you can just notice it and it's on an agenda for an owner's meeting and take a vote. You make a motion, I make a motion that I want a sister city plan or I want to pursue the sister city plan. Do I have a second? Sure, I'll give you a second. Any discussion? Nah, why would we discuss it? Let's vote. One, two, yes, yes, yes. 23 yeses, boom. By the way, exploring that sister city plan may only take 16 yeses. A simple majority, not a super majority. Simple majority is 50.1%, 30 teams, 15 is half, you need 16. Pretty simple math. Are you with me? So when the executive council made that huge announcement and Rob Manford made that huge announcement a few months ago, the only way for Tampa to survive is the sister city plan. We come down from the mountain and give the power to the people to pursue it. And then just a few months later, they say, you know what, Stu? You got to stop. Well, well, why, Rob? I mean, what are we going to do? Well, Stu, you knew that it was a joke, right? That it was never going to happen. But you are such a good actor, and you had all your employees believing it was going to happen, that we got a call. You're not going to believe this, Stewie, but we got a call from the Players Association. And they said, how come you haven't mentioned the Sister City plan? You know we've got to approve that. 
and we're trying to figure out revenue sharing and Tampa Bay is like the Marlins and the Indians. Strike that. Tampa Bay is like the Marlins and the Guardians. They're taking a lot of money of revenue sharing and we want that money back with the big market teams because we hate Tampa. They didn't hate Miami as much as as they hate Tampa, the union, because there's nothing worse than when there's a successful on-field team with a low payroll. It's a nightmare extraordinaire, a malrev for the players' union because owners, as you know, they watch the World Series, they watch the playoffs, and they look at their GM and say, are you kidding me? They get rid of the $30 million guys. We sign them, and we don't make the playoffs, and when we do, we don't win. They seem to bring up another 98-mile-an-hour throwing pitcher who I've never heard of. Well, I've heard of him, says the GM. Well, I don't care. I've never heard of him. Their payroll is at $50 million, and they kick our tuchus. So the union does not like Tampa. So the union says, hey, you know, this whole split city plan, uh, you know, you better, we better start negotiating that because I think it's great, the union said. We're going to get increased revenue. It's going to be great. But I don't know if we're going to prove that. Rob, Rob looked at Dan Hallam and said, we cannot let the Players Association think that they are going to get some economic benefit in this collective bargaining negotiation because they are going to acquiesce to this sister city plan. We are not giving them one thing for their acquiescence. And now the union's calling and saying, hey, we better bargain this. Let's talk about it. Let's make it part of the trade, part of the lockout. And Rob and Dan got together and said, we got to quash this matinal, N-O-W. Hey, Stu, we just told the executive council that the Players Association wants something in return for your split city consideration, which we've always known is ridiculous because you can't even get a stadium built in one place. Forget two. So we have to go public right now. There's no way we can allow the Players Association to go through the weekend and have any part of a conversation at all about what they would need for players to be part of a split city. So boom, it's done. So Stu, here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to call a press conference and I'd like you to blame us, no problem. I'd like you to say that you're upset because of all the time and money you've spent. I'd like you to tell everyone how much you love Montreal. Speak a little French if you can. But then... I want you to make sure that you send out a tweet and a letter to all of your fans in Tampa. You don't even need bulk postage. And you have to start repairing because you told everyone it's either split city or bust. Well, guess what, Stu? It's either Tampa or bust for you. So what are you going to do? Stu calls up his PR people and says, all right, I am going to look. Don't put makeup on me. I'm not going to sleep on Wednesday night. I'm going to put a lot of bags under my eyes. You know, if you want to make me look a little grayer, that'd be good. I want to look tired. I want to look like I have been working nonstop on this split city solution. And then I am going to say, I'm so sorry this didn't work out. And I'm so upset that it's been rejected by the executive council. We have spent countless hours working closely with the great people of Montreal and the great people of Tampa, even those of you who didn't agree with this, to make this happen. This premature end to our split city plan is not the end of the Tampa Bay Rays, and let me tell you why. 
And then he goes into a whole thing. <laughs> All right. Let me now break down three other things for you that happened. I have no bias because I worked for the Expos from 99 to 02. I love Montreal. You know that I love speaking French, that I speak French. You know that I love the food. I love the people. I love the night scene. I love everything about Montreal. I mean, the weather's rough, but guess what? It's cold as ice in the Northeast anyway. Stu Sternberg said Montreal has earned baseball back and that he wants to see baseball back in Montreal. Was that a hint of relocation maybe? What exactly has Montreal done to earn baseball back? Here's what they need to do. One, get a fully financed, publicly financed, retractable roof ballpark approved and built. Two, cut a English and French TV deal that combines to be competitive with what Tampa has now. Call it 70 million per year, US. The likelihood of Montreal having a $70 million per US TV deal locally is the same likelihood that I'm gonna wake up tomorrow six foot three. Not impossible, but extraordinarily unlikely. Three. Get me a naming rights deal, not by Labatt, for under a million dollars a year. I'm looking at a deal that is in the seven to 12 million per annum. Call up baseball, get them to do for you what they did for the Marlins with Lone Depot. Anything, but you're gonna need that. Then I'm gonna need a level of season ticket holders to prove to baseball that it's not the Expos of old, that Montreal is back and we are gonna have 10,000 season ticket holders with an average ticket price. This is the key part, folks, with an average ticket price of 40 US. Don't give me the fact that you have 20,000 season ticket holders, but your average ticket price is five bucks. Anyone can do that. Believe me, I tried and it works. You give away dollar tickets and dollar hot dogs, those people in Montreal will arrive toot sweet. That is how Montreal can earn baseball back. But this is not me against Montreal because guess what? Nashville has to do the same. Las Vegas has to do the same. Portland has to do the same. Vancouver has to do the same. San Antonio has to do the same. Do you get where I'm going? If you are going to get a baseball team, Major League Baseball is going to demand that certain revenue parameters are in place that will make this new team a revenue sharing pay E or not payee. Payors pay, payees receive. Stu then said he feels betrayed by fellow owners. You're betrayed? Why are you betrayed? You knew very well that you didn't have the votes for this plan. You knew very well it was all a complete sham meant to get leverage for you to try to get a deal in Tampa, which by the way, all the owners know you don't want. The owners know that Stu wants to move the team. The owners have known for a decade that Stu wants to have a third team in Northern, in the Northeast. This is not a surprise. This is not a secret. I am not telling you something that, shh, Samson, you're going to get canceled. You've got a confidentiality provision. Give me a break. And then you top it off by saying, let's see how the stands look. I love that. Let's put the future of the Tampa Bay Rays staying in Tampa on the hands of all the people who are going to buy season tickets in St. Petersburg at the Thunderdome. And then when their attendance, which by the way, they have never lied about their attendance, 
we would lie about our attendance because we wanted people to think Miami was a good market so we'd get momentum to getting financing for a stadium. Hey, look at all these people in the stands. You can't let baseball leave. Tampa does the opposite. Look, there's no people in the stands in St. Petersburg. Woe is us. We need a split city plan. You know how the stands are going to look at Tropicana Field this year? The same that they looked last year and the year before and the year before and the year before and the year before and the year before. That's how they're going to look. But by saying, let's see how they look this year, that is making it easier for you to say later, hey, we tried, we failed, we're moving. One small problem, Stu. I know you're listening or someone is in your organization. You're not going to get 23 owners to approve your relocation. You don't have the votes. And the reason you don't have the votes is that more than 23 owners want to save every possible city for expansion because the expansion fee is going to be about a billion dollars. Relocation fees are generally less than a billion dollars, but it's going to be half a billion. Are you ready to write a check for half a billion dollars to relocate? Are you ready? No, you're not. And the reason you're not ready is that any city you go to, you're also going to have to help build a ballpark because that damn thing that happened in Miami, that ruined it for everybody. And then they took to Twitter. They tried to give an explanation, telling their fans, we love you. We know you have questions. We know you're worried about our future. They sent out a, what's it called, Coco, when you do a tweet, but it's too long. So then you do a subtweet and then a quote tweet and then a retweet and then an add a tweet and then they added a tweet. And all of a sudden you've got a thread, read thread, whatever, or one of two, four of four, whatever. It's too much. But here we go. The final part of the tweet. If we harness that momentum and build upon it, together we will keep the Rays here in Champa Bay for generation upon generation. Really? What momentum do we have in Tampa? I don't know. I can't think of any at the top of my head. But don't worry. We pledge to field a winning team. We're going to invest in our community, contribute to Tampa, being a great place to call home. All right, is everyone clear what happened now? Because it really wasn't that big a deal. But now you know the timing of why it happened yesterday. And now you know what Tampa is going to be doing next. They're going to try to get a deal in Ybor City paid for, even though Stu doesn't want that. And this eventually ends with Sternberg selling the race. He may sell it to a local guy. My call here, Jeff Vinnick, are you listening? The owner of the Lightning, do you by chance want to buy the Tampa Bay Rays? Give him a billion seven, and then you have a team. They love you in Tampa. You've made it a success. You can build a ballpark right around where the Lightning play. It'd be pretty cool. All right. Ooh, Coca. Oh, I got to put that in the show. Did you? Did that? Did that just? Did you just find this? The whole hour we spent discussing the show last night and then the time this morning, you're just coming up with this now? All right, whatever. Ready? Stu Sternberg, in June of 2019, said this is not a staged exit. This is about Tampa Bay keeping its hometown team and Montreal having one too. I believe strongly in the sister city concept. We're asking for open minds. It will score an economic connection that is, like its team, will last for generations. I think they may have looked at that when they did this whole letter about generations. It's all about generations. Generations. I used to use that all the time. 
I would use the she, the um, the tree expression. Have you ever heard that one? My job here in Miami is to build trees whose shade I will never enjoy. Damn it. 510-69. My job in Miami is to plant trees whose shade I will never enjoy. All right. Wait to see. Wait to see is when we tell you something's going to happen. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. Either way, we will revisit it. I've had a bunch of wait to sees about the Rays and the A's. Where the A's are going, where the Rays are going. Let me be very clear. The Rays and the A's are staying put. They are not relocating. Certainly not to Vegas. Certainly not to Montreal. I don't know if that's a repeat, Coca. But that's my wait to see. Because yesterday, on the same day, that Tampa was rejected and generations of Rays fans are in peril. The A's had a good vote up in Oakland. Do you remember we talked about the A's going to Vegas and how they did that, uh, what is it called, when you that survey and how ridiculous that was? Go back to a previous episode and listen to my bit when I filled out the Vegas survey when the A's did that. And then the A's put an offer on land to build a stadium. And it was all a complete joke. It's a fagazi. The A's have been trying this entire time to get a better deal in Oakland. And they got another great vote yesterday. There's a lot of hurdles left, but that's where that ends. The A's stadium will be in Oakland. We also revisit wait to sees, as I told you. Do you remember the Dak Prescott wait to see? When we said, I don't know what show it was, but Dak Prescott is the Dallas Cowboys quarterback who said that the referees should get things thrown at them. He's totally fine with that. And then he apologized, and I explained to you why he had to apologize. And then I said he was going to get fined. 25K. That's half a slap. So we got that one right. All right, before we go to break, I am, uh, Meatloaf passed away this morning. I know you got word of that. I've made Meatloaf references on this show for 523 episodes scattered about. That album, Bad Out of Hell, is an album that if you listen to start to finish, there's not one bad song, not one bad lyric. And Meatloaf died of COVID this morning. So 74 only. I would do anything for Meatloaf, but I won't do that. Rest in peace, Meatloaf, and thank you. Uh, there's a song. Coca did not even know this song, and then he heard it, and then he knew it, called Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Go listen to Paradise by the Dashboard Light, and you'll hear Phil Rizzuto. Phil Rizzuto was the voice of my childhood. He was the Yankees uh, play-by-play announcer, and he is, does a play-by-play in the song called Paradise by the Dashboard Light, And it's a, it was my, I can't remember when that album came out. I want to say it was 74, maybe. Let's just pretend that's when it was. And I heard it maybe starting in 76 or 77. Oh, 77 is when it came out. So I'm nine years old and I don't know really anything about anything. I haven't discovered that things can grow and shrink and that things can just happen that are fun. And Phil Rizzuto is doing this song where he is, trying to explain what's happening before two people are going to potentially have sex. And when I first heard Paradise by the Dashboard Light, I didn't know that's what it was. And as I got older, like in my 20s, I realized 
what it was because at that time I was finally active. Anyway, I digress. I'll miss you, Meatloaf. I really will. When we come back, I'm going to review the new Ricky Gervais series. Season three came out. I watched all three seasons in the past 40 hours. And then we have another, believe it or not, MLB lockout update. We will be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson with Matthew Coca, who is real. Why are people still tweeting at you that you're not real? It's sort of bizarre. You did an entire sit down. Go download episode 500 and you'll see Coca's face and hear his voice, which I hear in my sleep now. And we watch a movie. I watch a movie every day. We suggest series back and forth. And you give me suggestions. And I appreciate it because you already rate and review and follow. And please tell your friends about nothing personal. Just tell them that the boat has left the station. The train has left the dock. That Samson guy mixes metaphors like I mix eggs in the morning trying to make French toast. Ah, there's still a little yolk left. No problem. Stick it in the pan. We're growing because of you. And you give me suggestions of things to watch. One of you suggested I watch something called Afterlife. Didn't know what it was. I figured it was another sort of defending your life, another sort of heaven and hell situation. So I see it's three seasons, 18 episodes, half hour an episode, nine hours. I do the math. I can bang that out. And I'll see if it's good. I didn't even realize season three had only come out last week. Go through it. From episode one of season one, it had me. Ricky Gervais wrote it. He directed it. He stars in it. I watched it with subtitles because some of the accents are heavy. And when I've had you watch British sitcoms before, like Lovesick, etc., I've always suggested captioning because... Ricky Gervais is so brilliant, his quips are so fast that you got to read a man, hear him. This is an emotional series about a man whose wife has died 
and afterlife is not her afterlife, it is his afterlife. What happens when the love of your life passes away? And over 18 episodes, you see his journey. Afterlife's ending has now gone into my top 10 of any series ending moment. The ending of Afterlife, the final few minutes, really the entire final episode, which is episode six of season three, is so much juice for so little squeeze. Afterlife is the name of the show, and I want to thank Ricky for not being the guy from the Golden Globes who just rips everyone and and funny as hell. He is funny. I'll give him that. But I had no idea of the depth that he had, the ability to be so dramatic. It's amazing the way you categorize people. It's happened to me. People categorize me. Oh, I don't know you, but you must be a prick. Well, and then you get to know me and you're like, wow, he's not really like that all the time. Okay, MLB lockout update. We have one. Two days in a row. Yesterday, we went through what's going to happen. The owners made a proposal. The players were going to make a counterproposal. We said it was going to happen in the next few days. Word came out yesterday. There is going to be another meeting on Monday. Monday. Today's Friday. Monday. Remember I said to you in the first segment, the reason why they got rid of the Tampa Split City solution is there's a proposal coming from the union Monday. And this is an important moment. We covered what what it's going to deal with. We're going to know a lot more Monday. They're meeting in person. Don't get excited. Zoom versus in person is not relevant. It just is like everyone's vaccinated. And when you're in person, it's easier. I always prefer in-person meetings. For those of you who think Zoom is going to take over, in-person meetings are better for me because I like looking directly in people's eyes. It helps me read them. I like seeing whether they're fidgety. I like seeing what they're playing with. Are they flicking their pen? Are they taking notes? Are they pretending to take notes? There's so many subtle things that you cannot get on Zoom when you are trying to do business. So I take it as a positive that they are doing business in person because that could be the beginning of the middle. But that wasn't the only lockout update. The other MLB update that happened is that it was announced that AAA is going to have robot umps. This is important, folks. AAA is the level right below when you become a major leaguer. There's single A, double A, triple A. The reason why Major League Baseball chose triple A to do the robot umps is that all teams' best prospects are in double A. They don't want to do the robo umps with the best prospects, but yet triple A has a bunch of guys going back and forth, a bunch of 4A players, 4A is that they're better than AAA, but worse than Major League. That's 4A. It's not a level that exists, but we sort of made it up. Or at least we heard about it and said that's a great way to describe a certain player when you are scouting that player. He's a 4A starter, we would say. Ah, we'll take him. He's got a 4A bat. Wow, guess what? He's going to bat in the four hole tonight for us. (laughs) That's what happens when you have a small payroll and no talent. We had such a good lineup. Can you believe we had Stanton Yelich and Ozuna and Jose Fernandez and Josh Johnson and everyone else and we couldn't win 81 games? Was it me? Was it me? (sighs) Not over it yet. Robot umps being in AAA, 
Everyone is now going to say you're going to hear it everywhere. This is one step below. It's going to happen in the big leagues now. It's not how it works. Things that are tested out in AAA, it's no different than testing it out in single A or testing it out in the Atlantic League. It is critical as part of the next negotiation with the umpires union that they recognize that robot umps are ready to go. Because if robot umps are ready to go, that means that the premium that we pay for home plate umpiring disappears in the next agreement with the umpires. Therefore, Coca, can I just tell you what just happened? Um, when in the show did I say the name? God, what a weird universe. I just got a text from Maria, which is the um, Jose Fernandez's daughter's Penelope's mother, his fiance at the time he died. And it came at the exact time that I was saying his name as a member of the Marlins that couldn't when we couldn't win 81 games. It's that is the weirds the universe is strange, isn't it? I always wondered that. Some some of it has an explanation, right? When you when you do a search on your phone, then you're gonna get a pointed advertisement, or when you talk about something, you're gonna get an advertisement. There's no doubt that our phone is listening. But is it possible that other people are listening? Or they get some sort of cosmic alert? Hey, this person's thinking of you, so reach out. I don't know. I don't know what I was saying either. I just got so crazy distracted by that. Robo-umps. Oh, no, triple A, close to the big leagues, doesn't matter, same as single A. Oh, union. Union negotiations with the umpires. Thank you, Coca. It's important for the umpires to know that they're replaceable. That helps with wage and salary scale. So don't get too excited, but robo-umps are coming to Major League Baseball, but not anytime soon. All right, I went on Levitard yesterday, and I made a mistake on that show. And one of the things I love about Nothing Personal is that when I make mistakes and Coca doesn't catch them, then someone else does. One of the listeners catch them. I made a mistake, and I'll correct it. And I correct it on the show every time. I'll either correct it at that moment if Coca catches it or at a later show once I'm told. Because I think it's silly for you to think that I think that everything I say is right or factually perfect. People make mistakes. If you're going to talk for 45 large in a row every single day, there's going to be mistakes. So I was talking about a ass slap yesterday on Levitard and what Arians did. I, I let off our show with that yesterday too, what Arians did to that player. And I said it wasn't nearly as bad as when Mariano Rivera took down Don Zimmer. Now that would be bad. And Levitard didn't say anything. Mike Ryan, Stugatz, nobody said anything. It was... Pedro Martinez, who threw down Don Zimmer, of course. Pedro was with the Red Sox. Zimmer was with the Yankees. I have no idea what I was thinking. I got it wrong. Pedro threw down Don Zimmer. And I've spoken to Pedro about it. That's the irony that I've had these conversations that he is absolutely, if you ask him about his career, and his career is a Hall of Fame career, obviously, his biggest regret of his career is what he did to Don Zimmer that day. So thank you for that correction. Nothing personal pick of the day. I didn't give you a pick yesterday. I tweeted out Mavs plus three versus Suns. Coca's making me count it. That means we're 10 and six. If I had won the pick, Coca would have said it wasn't in the show. You can't count it toward your record. 
But since I lost the pick and Coco wants me to have a bad record because he thinks it'll get to my head, we're 10 and 6. We've lost a couple in a row. I'm very unhappy. Didn't we start the season like 8 and 2? So we're 2 and 4 in our last six. Whatever it is, I got weekend picks for you because it's football time. The winners of this weekend's games are going to the final four. Championship Sunday is next Sunday, a week from this Sunday, January 30th. Hell yeah. But first, we got a game on Friday. You know how into the Grizzlies I am and John Morant. And you know that Coca thinks that Novak Djokovic is one of the best players in the league, top five for sure. That would not be Novak Djokovic, Coca, correct? That is Djokovic. Nikola, is it Nicholas Djokovic? God, my brain. It's not as easy as you think. For all of you making fun of me for the verbal mistakes that I make, just try this. Get in front of a mirror one time and just talk straight for 45 minutes with only three coughs in between. And having all these different names in my head. We were just talking about Jokovic, but this is Jokovic. <laughs> God damn it. Nuggets plus four versus Grizzlies. I'd rather have a better big guy than John Morant. I think it's too many points for the Grizzlies to be given. But betting with the NBA is so hard because players are playing, they're not playing, then they're not going to play. They can play, they say they're going to play. And we go by the line that I give early in the day. Nuggets plus four versus Grizzlies. All right, let's talk football. Here we go. Ready? I'm going to watch all four games. I love playoff football. I love a one and go home, win or go home. I just, I think it's the greatest sort of theater there is in sports. The Titans are giving three and a hook to the Bengals. The Titans, even with their Dolphins failing quarterback, have been one of the best teams in football this year. While the Bengals are a good story, there's no question, while they have their own great young quarterback, on Sunday, it's not going to matter. I'm taking Titans as the favorite, giving three and a half. Will I regret the hook? I don't think so. Titans three and a half versus the Bengals on Saturday. Now, what about Sunday's game? I want to talk about the Buccaneers and repeating the Super Bowl champions. And I'm dreaming about a Packers-Buccaneers-NFC championship. I'm dreaming. I mean, that would be heaven to me because then either Brady or Rodgers is back in the Super Bowl. One of them will add to their lore, their their insane resume. Tom Brady is obviously way more successful than Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady... If he wins back-to-back Super Bowls with Tampa after leaving New England, it must be Friday. I've got no voice. I think I am willing to say that Tom Brady becomes not just the GOAT in football, but he becomes the GOAT in all of team sports history. Is that too much, Coca? Is it? If Tom Brady wins back-to-back, he becomes the greatest player in team sports history. Thoughts on that, Coca? Do you agree? You always have an opinion on this stuff. Not today. It's Friday. Did you already go full lover boy on me? I can't even hear you. Are you working for the weekend? 
Bucks minus three versus Rams. Now the Rams are a good team, but Stafford got his victory, and you are now going to see Rodgers and Brady next week. Okay. I was going to do a whole thing about Tom Brady, but there's something I want to do instead, Coca. I'll do that next week. One of you asked a great, so you want to talk to Samson question about Brady, and I'll remember to do it next week because we're going to recap the game that happened on Sunday between the Bucks and the Rams. But Tom Brady gave a whole speech about how he's treated by the referees, roughing the passer calls, what he gets away with. And it's worth talking about going forward because superstars do get treated differently by umpires and referees. That's just a fact. But before we're done for the weekend, I want to talk about Kevin Ollie and what happened yesterday with Kevin Ollie because it's a great sports business story. And there's a great lesson to be learned for all of you. Kevin Ollie was the coach of the University of Connecticut Huskies basketball team, NCAA. And he was fired after the NCAA started investigating some not so great behavior by the University of Connecticut team, coaching staff, etc. And while the investigation was going on, the president of the University of Connecticut said, you know what, Kevin, we have no choice. We're firing you and we are firing you for cause. What that means is we're not going to pay you the rest of the money we owe you because you were a bad guy doing bad things. Kevin Ollie said, I want my money. Give me my money. He was owed over 11 million bucks. Okay, you're going to have to sue for it. And so Kevin Ollie did. In most contracts, when you have an employment deal, if you read your employment contract carefully, there are arbitration clauses. Arbitration is something that I was in many times, victor every time, and it is outside, there's no jury, there's no judge, there are people who are certified arbitrators, who generally are lawyers, maybe former judges, and they get paid a lot of money to listen to the evidence, to make evidentiary rulings, and then to write an opinion that is not appealable. It is binding, binding arbitration. If you look at your employment contract right now, you have submitted to binding arbitration, I almost guarantee it. If you look at all the different things when you check terms and conditions, side note, the things that we have to click to agree to go forward, whether it's your betting app, whether it's your gym, whatever it is, you have to say, I agree. Do you agree? I agree. Do you ever read the terms and conditions? One of the terms and conditions is binding arbitration if there's ever a lawsuit. So they go to arbitration, 33 days. That is not a short hearing, folks. 33 days, tons of witnesses. You are under oath, you cannot lie in an arbitration. It was found that there was no just cause to terminate Kevin Ollie's employment as the head coach of the NCAA basketball team. It was found that he did not violate the NCAA rules. It was found that Connecticut has to pay that man his money and not with double stuffed Oreos, with actual cash within 10 days. And this is day one already. So you got it. He is going to get an $11 million wire from Connecticut, which is the money he was owed. University of Connecticut had to give a statement when they lost because they lost hard. And their statement said that while we are very disappointed, they basically said that this is a horse hockey decision. 
They claim what the arbitrator was doing by ruling for Kevin Ollie was simply not saying that Kevin Ollie didn't do anything wrong. They were saying you shouldn't have fired him until the NCAA finished their investigation into what Kevin Ollie had done and ruled on what Kevin Ollie had done. And then you could have fired him for cause and not paid him. So the University of Connecticut was guilty, if you will, let me use that word, of prematurely firing the coach and not paying him. So the University of Connecticut said, what a terrible precedent this arbitration is making. We've got to be able to fire people immediately or because the NCA does not investigate quickly enough. And when we are threatened with sanctions, we've got to be able to say to our fans and our boosters and our sponsors, we're not going to take it. No, we're not going to take it. We're going to move on. So the university had to release a statement saying the arbitrator's decision is nonsensical and seriously impedes the university's ability to manage its athletics program. It sends a signal to other coaches in Connecticut that they may ignore NCAA rules with impunity and continue to be employed and paid. It's not exactly what it said there, folks. What it said was that you may get rid of your coach but you gotta keep paying him until you've got enough information to stop paying him. You wanna put the money in escrow? Nope, pay every two weeks and work with the NCAA to see if they can speed up the investigation. The reason why I'm fascinated when arbitrators rule on the subject of just cause is that you are seeing lawsuits everywhere. The whole John Gruden lawsuit against the NFL is all about cause. Did the Raiders have cause to fire him? It's all about trying not to pay people who you by accident paid too much and they end up being either bad at their job on the court or bad at their job off the court. The first question a team president is ever asked when a player does something wrong, when a employee, an executive does something wrong, the first question the team president is asked by the owner and the team president asks the general counsel or the head of HR, how's the file? That's the question. What that means is we keep a file in every one of you. Every single employee has an HR file. Whenever there's one thing that goes wrong, guess what we do? We put it in the file. You want to know why we do employee evaluations every single year? Because we paper the files with those evaluations. And if we know that we want to fire someone, we want to make sure that the evaluation in the file is not, this is the greatest employee since sliced bread. We couldn't be happier with the job this employee has done. He has done nothing but make money for this company. We love you, employee. Put that in the file. Well, if you put that in the file and then you try to fire someone who's under contract who has that in the file, you better pay them their money. However, if you put in the file, we had an issue with this employee because we asked him to do the following four things. Find a starting pitcher. That would be nice. Scout someone who doesn't stink. That'd be cool. Make a ticket sale from time to time. Have a corporate sponsor that hits the level that we have budgeted and the employee didn't do it. Put that in your file. It's called papering the files. It's not illegal. Your company's doing it right now. I promise you. How do you avoid being fired for cause? 
Make sure that you are not violating one single provision of your employment contract. If you don't have an employment contract, you have an HR booklet. You've got rules of engagement. Don't break one rule. Do your job and you will get paid. You may have to go through arbitration, but your employer is going to fight you every step of the way for one reason only. It's just business. This is nothing personal. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.